episode six? Yeah, season, season two, two. Season two. Six. Yeah, season two, episode six. Hard start. All We're back together. So All back together. No more Zoom. I'm gonna be honest. I fucking hate Zoom episodes. I hated it. it Zoom was episodes not fun, suck. But it was necessary. Um, yeah. Energy's always low. Mm. Energy's low on Zoom. We, I, I think Pat and I were charging the social batteries for this weekend. We had a hell of a weekend. Uh, not only of football, but our buddy, our uh, resident United fan, uh, Cameron, got married. So congrats to him and his his beautiful new wife. Uh, now the hangover has uh, has finally gone away, but we got to. I was barely hung over, honestly. <laughs> oh, the, I was. The mornings, was the mornings were rough until I got breakfast, and then I got breakfast and some of the complimentary cold brew in me, and I was. I was feeling like Ooh. a million bucks. Complimentary cold brew sounds. Yeah, nice. that was so. They got married in this beautiful resort. We had the whole resort to ourselves for the weekend, and they made us breakfast both days. The night we got there for rehearsals, there was a pizza truck that showed up. The vibes were immaculate. We all woke up early uh, Saturday morning, day of the wedding, and we got to watch footy all morning with some people who are fans of the game and some people who are very new. So it was cool to kind of go back and forth banter explain the game but mm. just be together with a bunch of people and watch soccer was a lot of fun and everyone got to watch holland's hat trick live with me uh i imagine you were a thrill during that i was a blast i was i was a lot of fun i mean i thought we were it crystal palace are always like city's bogey game so i was a little concerned especially yeah. after they went two nil up but after bernardo scored the first one i was like yeah we're winning this game what's up with your slow starts this year Oh, I have no weird. idea, man. We're conceding on set pieces, too, uh, which is, like, not characteristic of us the last couple of years. I think it maybe has something to do with just, like, the legs overall. Stones mm. and DS. DS has been playing the whole season, but he started next to Stones, and Stones is kind of just finally getting back yep. to full fitness. But, I mean, I think the only, the only person to actually be talking about in this Man City side right now is Holland. He's balling. He's doing exactly what you bought him. For. Yeah, I, exactly what we bought him for. And I think some people didn't maybe didn't expect him to have this hot of a start. They thought it might take him a little bit longer to start getting the goals as much as he has. But I mean, you yourself did. Like I, mean, you, I said, he was scoring thirty. So. Right, but in the same breath, you're saying it takes time. Like. Yes, you're optimistic that he's going to come out and score 30 goals, but I knew he was every I new knew player he was. under Pep has come in, and it's taken that year to really gel into the system. So, like behind the scenes, whether how however confident you are on the mic or not, like I know those questions were still there, and he's answered them already. He's coming out and doing what you said on wax, and he's putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I think. he's fighting in front of net, and he's he's doing what he needs to do i i genuinely believe if holland plays 32 games he breaks the scoring record in the league this year yeah fitness will be i think yeah i'm guardiola had some interesting comments today in a press conference where he was saying you know holland is 22 he recovers very well he's gonna play a lot of games especially because he's not in the world cup this year that's fair too. He I, has a month break in the middle of the season. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna smash it. I mean, the games he doesn't play, I think Alvarez will play just fine. I think Alvarez was really good against Crystal Palace for what it's yeah. worth. I thought he played phenomenally um, when he came on for the little cameo. But yeah, um, Holland is fucking incredible. That run of play you had too. I know, like watching from that side angle. I think you had liked it yep. on Twitter. Maybe yeah, that was insane so run of play. Yeah. So dope. Uh, the the last thing it's uh, eerie eerie for the rest of the league not for city eerie for the rest of the league erling holland in his first four games is scoring at the exact same rate as aguero a brace in his debut blank in his second game a goal in his third game and a hat trick in his fourth game so that means he's scoring a brace against nottingham tomorrow after time of recording to keep exact pace with aguero Holland is a baller and he's a G. I think he's gonna be awesome in this league. But do you think like putting Aguero labels on him as a twenty-two year old is like that it's tough shoes to put like Phil at I, City? I agree. And I just think it's more of a cool comparison than it is anything. Fair. I think Holland is going to be Erling Holland. He's not going to be Sergio Aguero. That being said, I think if there was one player in world football who could go to a club to fill the shoes of a legend like Sergio, it is Erling Holland who could 
step up to the plate and be that like next yeah. big striker for a team like City. Do you think Mbappe could do the same thing Holland's doing right now, or do you think Holland was like meant for City? I think Holland is perfect for yeah. what we're doing. I think Holland would be great in City because I think Holland is, or I think Mbappe would be great at City because Mbappe is a great player. But I think Holland mm-hmm. is everything. His size that City is needed. just he is he moves a and... freak of nature. Yeah. He's everything we needed and more. So he's he's scoring over thirty this year. He's breaking the Premier League goal record if he scores if he plays thirty two games. Yeah, he's balling. Well, again, what impresses me is you guys are playing like champions. You're winning the the tough games, even yep. when you concede or go down early. You're, you're mm-hmm. making those comebacks, which you would think over the course of a season that's going to like kind of ease out. You'll figure out maybe what's going wrong in those first 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. If you can take some of those problems out, then you're going to have less of those games. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that. It's, uh, it's, it, it's fun. Pep's the king of fitting everything he needs to in a 90-minute fixture. Yeah, I don't think he's worried in the first twenty minutes of a match. It's it's a it's the the collection of every decision that's made throughout mm. a Man- Manchester City match. And so far, the Blues are doing what the Blues need to do, and They're, they look good. We're doing blue things. Uh, how, speaking of blue, more like feeling blue, maybe. Mohamed Salah, what is up so, with this brother? So I I've heard multiple people on the internet kind of say stuff about Mo Salah. I get he missed a couple open chances and everything. He still has two goals in four games. It was scored against Man United. Yeah, but it's Mohamed Salah. It's no, hat-trick I, on the opening day. He was he was being labeled as the best player in the world last season. The best player in the world should be on the score yeah. sheet in a 9-0 win. It, that's almost more funny to me than it is. Like, it it is it's, funny. It's like so like it's so like Liverpool fans to be like, oh damn, Salah didn't score in a nine 0 victory. <laughs> but it is funny that he didn't score or assist. Yeah. But he, I think the the goals will come. Mo has always been a player who scores the hard goals, and he, he doesn't score the easy ones. He does, but I, I guess my kind of devil's advocate is over the last year, year and a half, it seemed like Mane was the one scoring yeah, the, the dirty in the big goals games in the big games. Um, it's not a concern for me yet, personally. I think um, it's really indicative of us really getting back into the goals, finding our confidence. If we're able to put nine past with two sub-20-year-old midfielders, uh, Luis Diaz getting a, a phenomenal hat trick, Bobby Firmino in the goals, I think that's huge for the morale overall versus a talking point on Mo Salah missing two chances. I think after the start we've had the first month of the season, it was a good confidence boost. Yes, it's Bournemouth, but at the end of the day, it puts us in the next step in the right direction that we need to be going for this season. Yeah, let's I'm, talk about that 9-0 too. What a drubbing that was. Yeah, you, I mean, every, Mitch, it was really, really, really funny. The morning of the game, Mitch was saying... <laughs> They better score 10 or I'm going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> he was going on and on about 10 nil. He's like, going to be 10. We're, gonna score uh, 10. Like, We're scoring 10. This is after I was the last one up. I, I had stayed up till 5 o'clock, drunk as shit, handwriting the invocation. And yeah. I go to bed and I wake up to Pat two hours later like, let's go get some food. I'm like, bet. And I crawl out of bed. I put my sweat, my Liverpool sweatshirt on. I'm just grumpy. I can't still taste food. So I'm like, I'm forcing down breakfast. And mm. I'm like, it's it's got to be 10. Angry talking it's about needing a 10 hill. And, you know, and game ended and it was just like, damn. So Mitch, how do you feel about 9? <laughs> Are you still angry? I'm not angry. I just, I don't want to get too overconfident with it, I guess. I like, I think all the right people got on the score sheet. In my opinion, like I don't think it's necessary for Mo to get there. I think it was great for our midfield to jive together. What Bobby, a game for Bobby. Bobby mm-hmm. had a great game, and I think that's a huge confidence builder, especially with question marks in terms of fitness up top. Harvey getting a, a great finish. Uh, Fabio getting a, a second half, uh, an extended second half, and, and getting his uh, debut goal. I think everything about this game was great. I just don't want to get ahead of ourselves looking at the opponent saying, okay, 9-0, it's like, if we did that against United, that'd be one thing. If we did it against Arsenal, it's one thing. But it's Bournemouth at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah. So we we can move on to the two teams actually in question that you just mentioned there. A team I think we... We love to banter on this podcast just because of the, the teams that we are respectively fans of. But it does feel like Man United is starting to move back 
in the right direction. Uh, Lissandro Martinez, after hearing us uh, obliterate him on <laughs> wax, has genuinely been class in the last couple games for United. Since Brentford, he's he's been very, very good. He's put in two extremely solid performances. Um, I think we were a little too hard on our short king. He's got the most aerial duels in one in the league right now. So he's better with Varane next to him too. Much better, much. So much better with, with Maguire at the team, I think Maguire's already lost his spot. I think even it, when you look at tomorrow or uh, Thursday's game for Man United, I think they'll rotate Maguire in the easier game because they have Arsenal at the weekend. Mm. I think now he's their third choice. They'll give the captaincy to you know maybe probably De Gea. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and move on from there. Martinez has looked really good. Um, they are starting to play a little bit more exciting, but United still weren't that impressive against Southampton. Mm-hmm. Southampton actually had quite a few chances. They had uh, higher XG than Man United did. They just kind of, you know, Bruno scruffed that goal and got him across. Granted, Southampton have looked really good in the last couple yeah, of weeks. they have looked all right. Especially their win today. today. Their win today. Their win over Chelsea was uh, was great. I but... think that's more indicative of Chelsea being yeah not the team that people think. Well, the team that I thought Chelsea would be, which is not particularly great. Right. But yes. I, I going going back to United, I I, ju- I do think that there are still question marks. I think the news of Anthony is is a step in the right direction. I think mm. I think. Is kind of more of the same in ter- in terms of price tag question marks. Yeah, he's their third or fourth most expensive player. It's it's Second, United I think. spending a ton of money. Oh, well, fourth in league, fourth ah, in league yep. history. I think is what. Yeah, he was 80, 80, 90 something million. Yep. And in that over the last six years, United have the highest net spend out of any club in the top six, I believe. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it there is a lot of pressure on on Ten Hag bringing somebody like Anthony in, but it's somebody, again, comfortable. He knows how they play. He knows the work ethic. And there are some pieces that have come over and, and been a part of a system that Anthony's been in. So it's going to be an easier transition. Um, so I think United are moving in a direction that, that looks hmm. good for them right now. Ronaldo feels like he's out the door too, for the most part. I think he stays, but I don't think he plays much. Mm. Well, yeah, okay. I guess that's, I guess, more of the direction I was going. Who's going to buy him right now? Nobody. Napoli? That's probably your most likely suitor at this point. Yeah, and I don't, Chelsea are out on him. I don't think Chelsea want him anymore. No, it's just like there's, when you get that big, there's only a few, a handful of clubs you can go to mm-hmm. to pay your wages and like right. want to deal with that as well. It's like a, a commitment signing Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. The, the signing, I think, is going to make more of a difference than Anthony's Casemiro. I think he starts against Leicester on Thursday. I think he will revolutionize that midfield. Yeah, he it fills the biggest hole that they had, which was a proper six, a proper defensive midfielder, someone to like sweep up those yeah. loose balls, someone to just like he's a, a proper ball winning ball winning uh, defensive midfielder. He's going to murder people. Him, Erickson, and Bruno, Bruno is a good midfield. midfield. That's a, a good, good midfield. midfield. Absolutely. I think it allows their offense to kind of, you know, transition too because they can have Anthony, Sancho, and then they have left wing kind of open, I, I would assume, uh, to kind of let like another person come in. But it doesn't put as much pressure on Alanga to start games, Ronaldo mm. to start games, etc. I mean, Rashford will probably play on the left a lot more consistently and he'll have a little bit more freedom to use his pace. He'll have less defensive responsibility, if any. Yeah. It lets their, their left backs to kind of travel forward if we saw like, I mean... My only skepticism, skepticism, quote unquote, because I think Casemiro is a great, a great center defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. I think he was in the conversation for best defensive mid in the world last year, along with Fabinho and Rodri. So I think he's a, a class signing. Yeah. Maybe a little, a little old. He might start losing his legs. Maybe not this year, but it feels like a signing that is going to need a replacement in the not immediate future, but like one or two years. Like you saw how quickly a player like Fernandinho went from sweeping up every loose ball and being this anchor mm. to a team that's going to play really similar look to at United. Look at Schweinsteiger. Yeah. When they signed him. Same so thing. There's, <laughs> quick there's a little bit of a fear that he, you know, his legs might go before they really get what they paid for him. Yeah. But I do think he'll do really well for them this season. I think he fill, fixes a really, really big yeah. hole. And he, he also just adds, adds like a really much needed sense of leadership to the locker room. Mm-hmm. I think that like Someone who you know he's won what he's four, been there. four Champions Leagues. Yeah, he's he, he's been there. He's done that. So they're they're outside backs. What they've done with them in the first four games too has been awesome. Malasias came in and he's done been bits. Class. He's been very and good. then Delo has been pretty good on the right yeah. as well. I mean, Juan Basaka is completely out the door at yeah. this point. And, and Casemiro is going to fit right in with those defensive mid, yeah. or those, not those defensive mids, those fullbacks. So you saw the relationship he built with Carvajal and Marcelo mm-hmm. in particular. 
at that Real Madrid, you know, I think I think he can develop like a quarter yeah. of the partnership that he developed with with Marcelo, uh, with either of the United fullbacks, knowing that, you know, he can cover for them and let them really do their thing in the attacking third. I think he'll be really good. Yeah, now they, they bring in Casemiro and Anthony and the, you know, the Man United fans can go back in their little hole. And they can put away their green and yellow scarves. Exactly, <laughs> they can put away the green and yellow for now until next fall when they want the Glazers to leave. Because mm-hmm. they still they still finish <laughs> six. Let's move it to Arsenal, boys. Uh, they're, they're looking, they're there every single day. They are looking more and more like a team that you need to take seriously, Josh. First test this weekend against Man United. Yeah, we'll and see. And that's, that's still, to me, it's like a iffy game. I want to see them against Tottenham. After yeah, the Tottenham after, game, yeah. I will I will make my decision on Arsenal if they're a serious top three team. So that's after seven games, right? Because they got United, they got someone in between, and they yeah. have, then they have... The, then they have the NLD. Spurs, you, Spurs like, is going to be after. a proper match of like to see where they are at as a football side. All I gotta say is Gabriel proved you the fuck wrong this weekend. When I didn't nah, say he was, was few, he, he didn't prove like, wrong. I guess, I, guess, I guess he made up made up for his <laughs> he mistake. Is the a better way to put that? Yeah, made up for his. His mistake. I thought he was fine. He didn't. He was yeah, so he fucking proves neutral. What the fuck? Proves neutral. Mistake. I, I, I misspoke. I meant to say made up for a mistake. He had you looking really right in the first half. It was and like then that came you back had us and the made first up half, for it. Not gonna lie, meme. Yes. Yeah. Dude, Dayon Lovren has 30 out of 38 good games, too, and the other eight are shit, and that's what Gabrielle is. He has those mistakes that'll cost them spots in the league table. I'd say, it didn't this weekend. I thought he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. But I. Uh, Somebody who really did impress me was Odegaard this weekend. He's a baller. He's been um, one of the best players in the league know. at the start of the season. Martinelli, it's four games, but he's been incredible. Martinelli looked like he was just kind of doing a little bit too much as per usual. I, think I saw a funny tweet about him. Martinelli was like just dribbling the ball up like the outside of his left foot. And someone had quote tweeted and said he went to public or uh, private school in Brazil. <laughs> Which was good. <laughs> he, uh, no, he, he, look, he looked uh, almost like uh, Brighton when they got in the box. He just wanted to cut back and always take that extra touch. Um, I was super no, impressed with Nketiah when he came on in the Nketiah second half of the Arsenal really, game. really, solid. And then... Um, Jesus looking like Jesus. Jesus. was Jesus, Their yeah. midfield is still a little shaky. Xhaka's been surprisingly good, so yeah. don't quote me on that. He's not a good player. He's just been good. Um Ben White looks comfortable at right back too, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's odd, but the I, one thing I, I I am concerned for Arsenal moving forward though is El Neni picking up an injury this weekend. Moving forward, that does hurt the depth uh, with Redacted being Redacted. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's funny too to watch Arsenal fans like squirm after the game because the commentary was making fun of them for celebrating a two-one win against Fulham. Yeah, that is funny. It was just funny. I get like the Arsenal fans' point. It's just funny to watch them squirm that hard about a, a win against Fulham. Fulham's a good side. I, I think that they're any, fine. Everybody should be allowed to celebrate I comeback wins. I think you can you can enjoy your team winning. I think people who don't think teams that. Everybody should be allowed to enjoy their team winning. It doesn't matter what the, the situation is. If your team wins, if your team comes back from a goal down and they get the three points, just let people enjoy things, please. Yeah, that's Ultimately, fair. that's just how I feel. Honestly, like Fulham typically struggle in that game. It was at the Emirates, and Mitrovic was able to step up and, and take, the, take the lead. So I, I think situationally, like, go for it celebrate that game Fulham have looked strong against the clubs that they've played in the top six so far celebrate you know Arsenal this time last year were on on watch for for you know yeah there were relegation jokes about Arsenal after four games last year let them have their fun they're at the top of the table bask in it I don't think Arsenal are going to finish top of the league this year but they are looking like a much much better I will agree with Josh I'll say I am big on Arsenal. I think they're going to do really well this year. I still think that there's a really high chance that they finish second, third in that area. But ultimately, I do need to see them play United this weekend before I'm like yeah. fully going to yeah. push. At the end of the day, there's like holes that I see mm-hmm. that people yeah. could expose. They haven't top been exposed yet. The top sides exactly. can expose. If you make that, exactly. if you if you make that mistake that Gabriel made against City, that's 
Yeah, that's that's Erling Holland scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. That's De Bruyne scoring a goal. That's any of our forwards in behind and scoring, and we're not. It's going to be a lot harder to get back into a game against us after we're a goal up because we don't take our foot off the gas after a good team yeah. scores. They don't sit back unless you're Chelsea, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's fair. We also had our first uh, manager first sacking, sacked, uh, and it wasn't Gerrard or Lampard. Rest in peace, Scott Parker. Yeah, tough one. Harsh for me. Uh, yeah. Off of, I get you had to, I mean, I think they conceded like 16 goals in the last three games. Still ahead of Everton, though. Somehow. Yeah. Uh, you beat Villa and you lose to Arsenal, Man City, and Liverpool. That's hard. With what no, expect? absolutely no investment. What did the Bournemouth owners expect Scott Parker to do in that situation? That's a really, really it's harsh hard. sacking. Like, and, I get your team just lost And he got him promoted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get and they just lost 9-0, but, like, come on. Jurgen has already come out and made comments on it, and, and he says it kind of boils down to nervous owners. Like, if you don't put trust in your manager, if you don't put trust in the side and give them what – they need to build they're not going to go anywhere mm-hmm. and it just hurts Bournemouth's chances of staying up in top flight football mm-hmm. yeah in my opinion it does I also I have a, a photo here of all the managers that have got sacked off the back of Klopp wins add it to the list uh Francesco Guidolin I don't actually know who that is Slavon Bilic uh Slavisa Jokonovic that's I butchered that um Jose and Marco Silva now and it's now Scott Parker. Scott Parker. That's so six, six in, the, in the Premier League, I believe. I don't know. Rafa is pretty damn close to being on that list too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's or like it's like the Browns QB jersey at this point. Like it's it seems Cursed. like every time Liverpool just absolutely mollywop someone. Bad things happen when Liverpool beat teams by a lot, and when Aaron Ramsey scores goals. Yeah, the Aaron Ramsey ones. Dodgy. I don't even like talking about that. Save that for out of, save that for out of bounds in the next couple of weeks. We'll come back to that one. But we can take this uh, take this out of bounds here and start talking about some stuff outside of the pitch. Three funny stories this week. Do you guys want to start with the the batshit crazy one and then yes. let me burp for a little bit? Yes, batshit crazy one. So, Josh, help me paint the full picture here. So, Paul Pogba's brother has come out and said that. Pogba has been doing some weird shit yeah. off the pitch. Um, I'm Pog- actually so well-versed in this. Get in there. Just want- Get in there. So basically, Pogba grew up in suburbs of France, whatever, has a big kind of circle of friends that he you know, supports, gives money to, whatever. Um, Matthias, who is his brother, also a professional footballer, played at um, Crew Saint, Alexandria. Saint at one point, too. Yeah, he played at some big clubs. Um, basically, Pogba went to the police saying that his brother and a, you know, a group of gang members are extorting him for money. 13 million in specific, which is insane. Um, and then there's this whole kind of list of details about why he's, you know, being extorted. Um... No, they've said that they're give, they've gave him personal protection for the past however many years, and the thirteen million is like you know basically an invoice of the work they've done, that which is insane. Didn't tell him that they were doing. Yeah, and Pogba's been fine with like his friends being around and stuff, but I guess he had a guy living with him, um, another professional footballer, I think that was you know from Paris that stole two hundred k off his credit card, mm-hmm. um, and that was just a few months ago. I think in the last season, he kicked the guy out. And now they, they showed up at the, the Juve training ground to, like, intimidate him, and he let the police know. So now his brother's coming out saying he has video evidence of Pogba hiring a witch doctor to cast a spell on Kylian Mbappe. Better yet, there was something that came out today on GFFN that he has hired witch doctors and spent millions of euros to keep injuries away. It hasn't worked, clearly. Yes, and Man United sucked, and I'm assuming there had to be something in there for them. Yep, and now Mbappe has found out about this witch doctor incident and has more or less told Deschamps and the French Football Federation that they need to pick between him or Pogba for the World Cup. Essentially, yeah. Uh, Mbappe has basically said if the video is real and if yeah. the video comes out, like, it's going to be me or him. I'm not playing with him. That's Which is, it's insane. absolutely insane. The, the, the World Cup champions, defending champions, 
are I mean this is one of the craziest stories I think to come out of football in a long time. Uh, there true. was the Mbappe or not Mbappe Benzema and Valbuena sex tape thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. French wild. football man, fucking French football. Wow. Does that make you any bit more worried about Yaya Torre and that the African curse? About- no, he wished us good luck when he when he pulled all the balls for the lots in the draw this year. So okay. we at City fans are taking that as him lifting our curse. Because I think his actual quote was that he thought there would be plenty of Africans like cursing Pep to never win the Champions League. So maybe it's not a Yaya curse. It's like well, that's a whole, a whole different thing filled with allegations against Guardiola that I don't believe <laughs> to be true. It has to be actually, though, one of the craziest stories in recent memory. Yeah. Oh, witch doctors in football. That's that's just... Can you imagine if even the witch doctor thing wasn't true? Can you imagine if that came out about the U.S. Federation that Pulisic was hiring people to intimidate Weston McKinney? This is like when that... Uh, this is Nancy Kerrigan... Yes. The, the girl that got hit with the yeah. pipe, or I don't know if she but was the one that hit or got hit. She but was the one that got hit. Husband hired someone to hit the girl, hit, to hit the other skater. This is essentially the same thing with witch doctors. Yeah. It's Tanya Harding. Yeah. To hit, to break Tanya Harding's knees. So uh, Anya Harding hired somebody <laughs> to break Nancy Kerrigan's knees. To beat up Nate, Nancy Kerrigan. Pogba. Yeah. The documentary. Oh <laughs> Dude, it's just... <laughs> Insanity. Free graphic content, Josh. This right? is one yes. of the craziest things to come out. And I, I, I don't even know, man. It's it's just wild. If anybody knows a witch doctor, uh don't send them our way. We do we don't <laughs> fuck with voodoo. Send one my way. I want to try something. I have an idea. <laughs> um so Holy we can be, before before we talk about the funny thing that I wanted to talk about, let's it's another week where we get to complain about kits. Yeah, because what the fuck is Puma doing? Our bougie they ass. Suck, like man. all we care about is what we wear on the street. But what is Puma TV. doing? They're they're ass. well, they're doing that shit. But this it's not central badge. It's like a big like square in the middle of the. It case. looks like, like, it's like a fucking marathon bib. Yeah, it looks like when I'm on Canva and I type in quote box, mm-hmm. and then I just put it on something. Right, like cent- center badge is fine, but it's like if they're gonna do the center badge, they should do like a. Like a design or something to like go hand in hand with the kit because I don't have sponsors. They shouldn't just center a badge and put a box to put a player number in. They all yeah. look, they all look like F one cars now. They're like they're I don't know so... what this is like two years in a row where Puma like this is strike two for Puma. Yeah, I swear to God, if if Puma does one more stupid ass thing when it comes to making kits for a big event, I'm going to start a petition. Um, uh, they're on fraud watch. It is abysmal because it's such a big event and to do something like this where it's experimental it's never been done and it misses so hard i haven't seen one positive comment they're on fraud watch any of these kids they're really bad it it takes from the experience almost like the players themselves don't want to wear kits like that yep so to get the sour taste out of her mouth. Yes. For these bad kits. Yes. Give me two of your favorite World Cup kits. You can't say Nigeria 2018. Okay. I have my two. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Or do you want to alternate? We can, we let's can alternate. We, we, let's alternate. Let's okay. alternate. I'll, I'll, I'll lead it off. Okay. I think the U.S. 94 T- yeah, denim uh, blue. U.S. 19. Yeah, yeah that the, had, the 94. That's definitely one of them. Uh, if it's me next. Yes, sir. Uh, 2010 World Cup in South Africa, the Netherlands. Uh, it's one of the only years they wore orange and black, I feel like, in recent times. Now they do all orange and then orange and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the final, they did orange and black. First World Cup final I ever watched. So I made me obsessed with Wesley Schneider from there on out. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that one's more nostalgic for me, but I do think the orange and black good kiss because they don't do it all anymore. Uh, I'm also going to take it to 2010. The New Zealand away kits, just the, the all black with the Ooh, white trim. Nice. So clean. So clean. I have like four kits for this, if you guys read my notes. Yes. I love a good football kit. So there there are several that I was really big fans of. I'm, I just did kind of like, you know, to 2010 to like this year-ish, yeah. or not this year, but you know, 2010, 2014, 2018 are like the three 
in recent memory, but fuck me, those were good kits. Nice and clean, very simple, basic, good, mm. good shirts, good shirts. Mitch, your second one. My second one, I believe it was it was either 2010 or 2014. Uh, Portugal's away kit, the white one. The white one, the, yeah. The half green and red cross. I don't know why. I just really, really enjoyed that because it it, it, paid, it paid homage back to like the Portuguese crest. Mm, kick, kick was hard. It did it have it green shorts? Green. Yes, uh, green. Yeah, yeah. Green, green shorts. Did yep. green shorts? Did the white like yeah. the white red like alternating yep. cross? The yep. Portugal badge like in the cross. Right or was it? No, no. The cross was central. Oh, so it was, oh, like, it was, it was like, a center. It was like red. that yeah, half yeah, yeah. red and then green cross. Yep, and then it was the, the Portugal. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a great kit. Great kit. Great kit. Uh, my second one is 2006 Japan. Mm. Oh, that's uh, mm. I, I brought some photos out. You can't see it if you're watching, but they had front numbers, which no one wears front numbers. That's such a cool thing to do in soccer. Those are like the old retro Argentina kits too. Yeah, and yep. just the swirls on it, like the colors. Japan just always has fire kits, and good their kits. badge plays really well on. Really, it. really good kits too. Um, so I, 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 do you guys have another one, or can I do no, to share go, my last two? Share your last so my last two. two both come out of the 2018 World Cup. The first one was South Korea's away kit in 2018 it was all white and it had like this white and red like dot pattern oh, yeah. almost going up the shirt so clean i loved just like the subtle use of color on an all white kit so good so good and then my second one also 2018 also an away kit i believe but it was australia the yellow kit with like the blue and yep. green yep. like pattern just on the sleeves holy fuck man those were so good australia's yeah. had some good ones too. shout out the cameroon kits too with the mm. like the inlaid lion the green with yes. the inlaid lion those yeah. went so hard too. and i mean obviously the 2018 nigeria kits are like yeah. the best international kit ever fucking made I did some research for this too. Mexico has had some good ones. Yeah, their away kit this year is crazy. The, do you see? I saw someone like they got it in a package and they have like a bunch of like old Mexican like yes. traditional and stuff that like so pays cool. homage to like so where the kit cool. comes from. As yeah. much as a rivalry as I have with Mexico as a U.S. fan, I do have to bow down. And say the kits are undefeated. Kits are fire. The kits are undefeated. If, yeah, if it was just strictly a kit off, we maybe win in '94, and that's it. Yeah. I I actually have a soft spot for the tricolor striped one. Oh, the one that looked like a rocket pop? Or we're talking about the US, yes. right? That kit. I actually kind of like that. I have a soft spot for it because I owned it, but I still think it kind of sucks. I Yeah, it's like the, it's like very simple in design, but I, I don't know. I just like how bright it is. It really brights up a room. That's fair. And Clint Dempsey did score a fucking Cruyff turn against... Oh, yeah. uh, someone in the group stage wearing that shirt too I so don't remember if I'm the the usa remember. one the 2010 one just sticks in my mind too just because oh, of... it, was, it was an african team yeah he cryfed her someone in the group stage and it was fucking sick oh my god were we at red robin for that one too probably uh no i watched that one from home anyway yeah and then uh i don't need to burn I, was... I didn't i did enough burning at the beginning of the episode so we'll just jump right into the munch and gladbach minute real quick let's go uh so we are feeling all right we're still undefeated dropped to sixth place in the league however this weekend with a 1-1 draw against Bayern munich but but undefeated in our last four games against Bayern, and despite being in six we're one point one point separates us in second place yeah so Hertha Berlin or uh, Union Berlin, sorry, not Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin are bad. Union Berlin drop points. We're right in. We're right up to second place, uh, undefeated. Taram scored a good goal, which you know, it's a little, little unfortunate to concede. However, Jan Sommer, I was going to say, nineteen yeah. saves, a Bundesliga record, nineteen saves against Bayern Munich. E easy, easy man of the match. One of one of the best goalkeeping performances I have ever seen, up there with. As a City fan, Joe Hart against Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League and like Tim Howard against Belgium yeah. in the World Cup. Unbelievable goalkeeping performance at Evian Sommer. He's a really good goalie. I feel like he's one of those guys that his name comes every international tournament. Mm -hmm. We're like, we forget that he's like such a good goalie. Yeah, he's, it's because he plays for a nation that's not like super 
like high on the on the yeah. list of teams that people care about internationally being Switzerland and Borussia Mönchengladbach don't like make waves in Europe, but Sommer is easily up there with Neuer for like you yeah. know the discussion of best keeper in the Bundesliga. He was great, really yeah. good, and then that's the Mönchengladbach minute. That we, was probably approximately a minute. We go to well. Speaking of Switzerland. A kanji to Man City. Hell yeah! Transition. That's that's an interesting <laughs> one. That's an interesting. It came out of literally nowhere, but we. I like it personally. It adds depth to a spot where we have two super injury prone players in Ake and Laporte, and it maybe opens up the tactical flexibility for a three at the back with Holland and Alvarez both starting. So, I think overall it's a good signing. I think the fee is. Unbelievably reasonable, eighteen million. Yeah, you guys just get people for just cheap. That's an unbelievably reasonable fee for a player that's coming in to shore up a position that we're going to have injuries in. He's going to get games, and he's fine. He's athletic. Yeah, he's fast. He's perfectly fine on the ball. He can play on both sides of a, of a midfield four. He can play on the left or the right. He's comfortable with both feet. He can pass the ball. Yep. He ticks all my boxes. He's fine. I like it. Good signing. It's a nice good job, addition Tishy. and it addresses uh, You sell for $40 million in two years anyway. Yeah, exactly. He's 27. He'll stay here for a few and then... I didn't realize he was that young. I always thought he was a little older. Um, side that we already mentioned, Anthony to Man United. Uh, Anthony Gordon looks like he's probably going to stay at Everton. Mm. Che- I think Everton have a high... I mean, it's crazy what Chelsea are offering for him. I know he scored today. Yeah, who cares? He's not worth more than fucking Holland. Oh, yeah, sixty million. That's a lot insane. of money for Anthony Gordon. It's insane. But he's, he's like, literally in the goals every week. It's like Everton goal, and it's Anthony Gordon. It's because he's their best player. He's <laughs> everywhere. And if if he leaves before the deadline closes, Everton are getting relegated. Well, supposedly right saw now. we saw some things of like Gallagher going on loan to Everton. To they signed Neil New Mape too for yeah. Brighton is going to Everton. So that will help them with the goals, especially with DCL's DCL. fitness being shaky. <laughs> Walking glass casket. Yeah, he's a uh, great player. I really awful. wish he could stay fit. You he, guys are don't like Everton. He's so. no he was really good. Yeah. I'm like, not saying he's bad. Oh, like, but you guys just probably don't you. care. Yeah, no. Like yeah. Pl- you're right. Blue. I totally understand where you're coming the from. The last thing I need is Malpai in an Everton jersey, though, in a Merseyside <laughs> derby. Like, oh my god, Patrick shit housing yeah. us. He's gonna, he's gonna Meg Trent. He's kind of what Everton need, though. We're yeah. gonna hear the, you guys, never, we're never gonna hear the end of it. To to shift it to you guys, yeah. are you guys getting a midfielder this summer? Uh, I don't know. I'm seeing we saw rumors of Diego Carlos from Villa tonight for twenty million. I've saw Neves rumors today. Uh, Lamer, I would say, is the most... Diego Carlos just below his Achilles? Uh, not Diego Carlos. Um, Die- yeah, he's a Diego. Uh, the blonde guy. The one that came from City. Douglas or whatever? Douglas, Lu- Douglas Luiz. Yes. 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 Luis. yes, that's what I meant. Not Diego Carlos. Thank you. Um, so I've saw him for 20. Yeah. I think uh, Lamer from Leipzig is the most likely one right now. I hope you guys go to buy Luiz on deadline day and we just turn on his buyback clause and buy him instead. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, and Ruben Neves is the other name. But I actually wouldn't mind Neves. I wouldn't mind Neves just for having somebody who's kind of familiar with Jota. Um, but at the end of the day, at this point, I don't know if rushing to get a midfielder is the right move. We could definitely invest in a youth side for some depth mm. and then go out and actually target somebody and make the deal happen next year yeah. or in the winter. Um, we're a classic club of bringing in those niche guys that we need in the winter. I know we talked about it a little bit last year, um, but I, I don't know. I just, I feel like if we go rush and, and get a midfielder, it may not be the best at this point right now. I, mm. I'm fine with it for this reason. We're losing Milner, Ox, and probably Kaita in the summer. So we're going to need three midfielders anyway. Doesn't matter. I know the midfielders I listed all are very different midfielders. Yeah. We're going to need three of them. Yeah. So you know, we're just buy two of different, you know, kind of, you know, skill sets. Yeah. And we we have till the summer, so I exactly. I would rather I would rather target somebody on loan for for the year if we're going to do anything this early. Um and then 
possibly look at what's available in the winter. Yeah. Uh, if not, just wait and hold out for a bigger target, a monumental target like a Bellingham who's going to become available at the end of the season. Yeah, it could be a blessing so in the skies, kind of like how we missed out on Kane and then signed Holland. You guys missed out on a midfielder, but it could just pave the way for Bellingham to be target numero uno next summer and throw everything at him to get him. Supposedly Madrid's. That's like their big target. <laughs> I don't know. It'll... Uh, Klopp confirmed they just took today our big that, target from this offseason, so Yeah, fuck Klopp uh, pretty much confirmed today that that was Tashumini. It was their number one target for yeah. the summer. But uh, another one, uh, Isaac. Alexander Isaac, yeah. yes. To, to Newcastle. It's a pretty good That's signing. That's a good signing. I like that. He only had eight goals in the Liga last year, but yeah. I still think he's a really good player, and I think he's coming into a Newcastle side that really need like a forward to like be that guy. I think he's got a lot of really good support around him, and I think you put him next to someone or with enough of a supporting cast behind him to just let him run in behind, yeah, do his thing, put the creators like Bruno around him, ASM on the right to to be you know that delivery man for him. I, th- mm-hmm. I think he's going to do very very well for that team. Yeah, it fits in really well real with the philosophy. Dads, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing up top with uh, Kubo hmm. in Japan. Uh, Nottingham Forest continue to roll in the transfer window enough to the Premier League is meeting this week to go over rules for uh, the amount of transfers you can do in the window. No shit, really? Yeah, like the number of transfers or like how much money you can spend in certain windows. They're, they're coming together and doing a meeting. I think it was basically because of Forest. They're on the verge of their 19th signing of the summer um, in Wilfred Bali. Already secured Renon Lodi, which we haven't. Which talked is about. insane. Yes, it's just crazy. And Serge Aurier is probably going. That's he's been kind of bouncing around some minor clubs since leaving Spurs, but they're just getting everybody. everybody. I just I think it's excessive, and I I, I think yeah, nineteen that signings turnaround. There's no way in hell you can do that amount of business and have any form of chemistry yeah in in the side like, i think it's yeah. got to be like a a prey we stay up and then find the good mix next year financially though how do you justify doing that what happens if you stay in the premier league down? for a couple years that's like 150 per year what happens if they get relegated though yeah you're done like <laughs> dean henderson was and they don't look like that phenomenal. good like you no. put a hat on dean henderson he he's a brick wall like, if, if that's him all season, if you have a rock like that in that who's going to step up and be a psychopath in a big game, well, it was against Tottenham, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second half he had against Tottenham was insane. Still lost. That's the unfortunate part. They still part. lost. So you, you look at the outfield and you say, we're bringing in 19 new people. How do yeah. you... How do you how do you stay up with that? They're still working some guys in, too. Like, Gibbs White didn't start at the weekend. They were playing Jesse Lingard at striker. Taiwo hasn't played as much as I thought he was going to initially. Mm. They have so many pieces. And, like, I mean, we're, we're talking about Renan Lodi. It's like a person who's like played in the Champions League quite a bit. Yeah, like, he's it's a crazy. good, yeah. really good player. He, <laughs> City, his name was thrown around in, in the City rumor mill for needing a left back. Yeah. Atletico just refused to sell to us now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it, unprecedented, really. Kind of, it, it. we all talked about that Fulham window where they got uh, Jean-Michael Siri. They spent $100 million and got relegated? Yes. That window, yeah. This is like that times like three. So if they, if they get relegated, the financial fallout, they're going to sell 11 of the 19 guys. More than that. I'm assuming a lot of them probably have clauses where they... they if they get relegated, yeah. they're just gone. Yeah, it's... They're gonna lose. They need to stay up. Like now, it's this is a case of they need to stay up. Yeah. With nineteen new signings, even people like Nico Williams. Like Nico Williams isn't a championship player anymore. Like he's an international for Wales. Like I, they can get out of contracts if they get relegated. They've done. People have done and it for I years. I mean, I don't know. I just the side I saw their first half was not good. Um, Nico looked looked great in the yeah, second awesome. half. He was he was pretty much being played through for a majority of it. Um, but I don't I don't see how they're able to compete if they can't win those games and have the amount of big moments and chances they did against Tottenham. They need to be able to collect points in those situations. They need mm. to be able to to grab that second goal, steal a point. I'm really to be able to stay up. Really they they play their first like real team. Have they played anybody of note outside of Tottenham. Tottenham. Uh, they play City tomorrow. Yeah, that might not be good. 
That could be bad. Uh, could be bad. We'll find out tomorrow. The way that defense was organized against Tottenham, that could be bad. I have my eyes on the Brendan Johnson kid, the, the young kid. He, he's a Nottingham Forest lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like scored like fucking fifteen goals in the championship last year. One I have my eye on for the transfer window. Mm. Uh, last one, Zaha on the market for Arsenal and Chelsea. He scored a fantastic goal today Bang. as well. Such a good goal. I think he's a good player. I don't want him to leave. Che- I don't want him to leave Palace though. He's always wanted to, I feel he's like. like but he's like Mr. Crystal Palace. I want him to... His comments after the game today, though, weird. were interesting. I, I don't know if you saw that, Mitch, but he basically was like... we. He said, like, more or less, he was like, we stopped playing after we scored. We let them get right back into the game, and it's super frustrating that, like, the rest of the team couldn't just keep playing after we scored that goal. I, I don't was think he like saying he was the only one that kept playing. No, he was just like as a. I think he was saying it as a team. I don't think he necessarily meant it as like a dig on his teammates. Just like in the way he was saying it, I don't think Vieira is going to appreciate those. I comments, took it almost though. as a dig at Vieira's tactics. Yes, I did very much take it as him saying that Vieira had them set up kind of negatively. That seemed very, which is also weird to me because it seems like Vieira's had the tactics kind of laid out pretty solid for his his competitors this season so far like yeah. he they played an unbelievable game of football against liverpool like we've we've seen crystal palace do well against big clubs already right so to to have that i guess is kind of with the transfer yeah, rumors, it's, it's probably frustrating yeah but it also seems like now is kind of Crystal Palace's time. They've they've gotten some good pieces. Vieira's really, really shown strong managerial capabilities out of the gate. If I was Zaha, I'd be excited to finally have some wheels turning at Palace instead of kind of stagnating in the middle of the table. Mm. They're looking like they're pushing for a seventh place I, spot. I, I think right he's now. just frustrated with the tactics, you know, just like the approach to the game yeah. overall. I feel like he's he doesn't seem like the player who's a fan of, especially against teams that like Palace are probably better than. Yes, like th- those. I, I like if you score a goal against Liverpool, you know what? Maybe it's fine to stop attacking, sit in, absorb some pressure, and try to hold on to that mm-hmm. one goal. Because if you open up, you're gonna maybe let them score two or three or four. Same right. thing with City. They they stopped playing after they went two 0 up against City in the second half, and we scored four. So against teams like that, I think it makes a little a little more sense to just like shirt up more defensively once yeah. you grab those go ahead goals and just like yeah. if the good teams are gonna beat you, the good teams are gonna beat you. Teams that are like it was Everton today, right? No, Brentford. Brentford, exactly. Teams like that, like you just gotta keep yeah. playing. You you can't you shouldn't give them you shouldn't need to give them an inch. And I think that's what he's saying. It's like yeah. Take, put our foot on the gas when we're going against these teams that aren't partic- that aren't better than us. You know what I mean? So, despite Wilf like not, uh, you know, if he leaves Palace or not, do you think he could do good at a top six club? I don't. I don't know if he gets necessarily the attention he deserves right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another reason why, I, if I'm him, I would stay because you have a side that's on that bubble. And you could be the catalyst to help bring somebody in to push you into that bubble. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're really only one or two players away from being in that conversation. Making the top six really a top eight conversation. Um, so it, it... I don't know. It's just... It's a weird place to be if I were him. Because... United have just gone out and brought in another strong forward. He won't go back there. <laughs> he won't go there. Liverpool, he's not really going to get into our side right now, especially with Diaz playing the way he it's is. It's Arsenal and Chelsea are the only two top Chelsea, sides he can get into I right now. I don't think he... Like, oh, he would get into Chelsea right he's now. He's better than all of their forwards. But that takes away from what everything they've done. And like I was talking with Bass about it today. Like Havertz looked good today playing where he was he yeah i don't think the like, problem <laughs> but like chelsea's done like i can do a fucking episode right on change, what i think is change, wrong with chelsea it changes what i don't think he fits a tuchel system i don't think he fits into that that top i like, do I, I do i think tuchel and vieira play really similarly wolf is quality and just He's like quality the, the but way I, just, I don't they want to transition i think I think Zaha would actually improve that Chelsea front front line, like for sure. Um, 
but I think that he's best fit is genuinely Arsenal. I think a front yeah. three of of Wilfred, Jesus, and Saka is really good. Arsenal's always had those creative players, haven't they? Like the Burr camps, mm-hmm. like the guys who really have had creative expression on the field. Mm-hmm. I think he just fits in really well yeah, there. I wholeheartedly agree with that. But that was talking Wolf Zaha. That, that, <laughs> that was Wolf Zaha, and I think that's the that's, that's episode six. I would say so. A last, last real quick thing is we just wanted to do another. We did this. We shouted them out on the last episode, but we're going to plug something they're doing real quickly, quickly as well. Uh, Portland Cal- Calcio. Syria based uh, coverage here in, in Portland, Maine, are hosting their first event at um, Andy's Andy's Pub in the, old port. in the Old Port. They're doing the Milan Derby at noon on Saturday. If you're in Maine, you're in the area, and you want to watch the Syria with a bunch of football fans, make your way down to Andy's. Go go watch some good football. Like Josh said, he's going to try think I'm gonna, to be, gonna be down there. What what side should I be taking? I have a scarf for both. That's a good question. I could I could wear a Juve jersey, maybe a Inter scarf, do a whole like No, you wear you wear the Juve cap stuff. And then you you wear nah, I don't know. That's I think he just goes in neutral. Don't don't wear yeah. any Serie A stuff. Just, just wear go a to Liverpool shirt. Go to enjoy don't even wear a Liverpool shirt. Just just look look nice, look oh. look respectable, play the part. I'm gonna go AC Milan because of Divock. That, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, that's that's, fair. You're, that's, that's allowed. Fair. That's allowed. Yep, there we go. Yeah, perfect. Solved. We did we figured Kinda it out. Kind of dusted. Yeah, but if you're if you're in the area, you're local to Portland, you want to watch some Syria, yes. maybe hang out with Josh. I won't be there. I'm moving this weekend. Um, I might try and make it down to the zoo Sunday, permitting the social battery battery is recharged from the wedding weekend. I'm just busy as fuck. I'll be back at the zoo after I get settled in my new place. Yeah, but yes. I'm moving around and shit like that. So yeah, but outside of that, that that was episode six. Thanks yeah. for tuning in. Keep running up far. the Instagram. Mm, yeah. Yeah, hopefully now that we we're, we're back together and the, the content's actually yep. good, we might, you know, <laughs> you get, when it looks like shit, it doesn't get views, and that's oh, not that's a crazy true. thing I don't to know. say. I had to I had to leave my phone in my bedroom because Josh posted the Liverpool clip, and my like we were trying to play Magic, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm just leaving my phone. In the oh, bedroom. it was exploding! It was, was so funny. Yeah, I have exploding. notifications so, shut off. Once we get some clips up, once you uh, once you see the uh, the episode this week. Share it, yeah. like it, talk with us on social media. We'll be clipping it up. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Banter. We love to hear it. Yeah. Word. Great episode. See you guys next week. Deuces. Peace.